0: The Silver Voices Project, which allowed for digitization and sharing of this archival audio, was made possible by a grant from the U.S. Institute of Museum and Library Services, grant number MA3019068119.
1: Yeah, this morning no, yeah. no. Tell
0: me something
1: else. <laughs> well, just you ask <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, I'm here to answer your questions. All right. Uh,
0: now I suppose this is going to bore you intensely, but would you mind telling me once again, Ramon? Yes. Just exactly uh, how you got started in films.
1: Boy, it wasn't an accident. <laughs> I can tell you that. All right. Well, uh, you want me to start from where?
0: wherever you like from the
1: time I came to the United States well
0: I'll go back further if you like
1: go oh, further tell me anything my gosh let's see how I can start well it was the dream of my life pictures you know of course you know as a child mm-hmm. and left uh, Durango in 1916 my first attempt uh, wasn't very successful I uh, was coming uh, with a younger brother of mine I was 17 then mm-hmm. and uh before we got to Chihuahua, they had been burning down the bridges, the villas, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, soldiers, and we had to go back to Durango again. And then mother says, "Well, no, if you better stay here because uh, God wants you to be here, and all this and that." You know. And I said, oh, "Well, maybe he was just testing us." You see, yep. I had to just start. And then we came through uh, Piedras Negras. Uh, what is the uh, the American town
0: American?
1: across the border? Piedras Negras. Uh, Uh, Yeah, but that's on the other side, it's just like Juarez and El Paso. I I can't remember the name of the town on this side, but that is where we passed with another friend of ours from Durango, my brother and I. And then we went to El Paso where I had relatives, I had an uncle of mine there, and stayed there for about three weeks, and then decided to come to Los Angeles, and uh, being a little worried whether my parents would give their permission or not. I didn't tell them anything. I said, I think I better just go to Los Angeles first and then tell them about yeah. it, you see. Mm-hmm. So that I did. And then I asked their permission to enter pictures and they, they uh, granted it. And uh, I started playing extras here and there and last is The first uh, extra role I had, it was in the Jaguar's Claw, Sesu Hayakawa, oh, 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 yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. yes. They played, uh, I can imagine, they, and they put me as a Mexican bandit which was r- really very kind of the uh, casting director.
0: We have quite a few stills on that the house. I'll look at them you when have? I get back and uh-huh. see and I can find you. Yeah.
1: And uh, then I went on location too. You see, I would go to the station to find out if somebody didn't show up, which always was the case, no. and they put me in. No. And I went on location, went to Mojave for about, uh, oh, about a week or so. This
0: was on the Jaguars club.
1: Yeah, I think it was 1917. And... Uh, um, Marshall Nealon directed mm-hmm. and always wanted more or less to show up and I remember you know um, there was a scene for a where a process Hayakawa was throwing the key of the bedroom of the girl yeah. and all these bandits you know just uh-huh. got after it so uh, in order to just uh, try to attract the attention of the director I jumped <laughs> and I acted as if I acted and, and uh, Marshall says get that kid out <laughs> <laughs> so I lost the scene <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> and uh, 17, and then in 18, I went with the Morgan dancers, I met Marion Morgan here, yeah. and then of course, you know, that was during the war and they, was, they were afraid of getting, you know, the young people. Yeah. And being a foreigner, I was a little bit, you know, a little yeah. bit uh, longer to uh, be caught. Then she took me to New York and I started pantomime and dancing with her, and traveled all over the northern part of the United States mm-hmm. and Canada. And then I came back to Los Angeles, but I had enough of the Morgan dances, and I left them. Yeah.
0: So could we go back a little yeah. bit, Ramon? I think you were in the Little American too, weren't you? The yes. Then I. That's right. that. I'll, I'll look for you. Too. Yeah. And then I
1: also played uh, extra with uh, Geraldine <laughs> Farrar and Wallace Reed in *The Woman God Forgot*. Yes. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, what else? You the, hostage the hostage. With Wallace Reed, Yes. I uh, did just a. Um, in, in the title, subtitles, I had a kind of a shepherd boy. That was the first time I got a, a voucher for five dollars a day instead oh, of three.
0: Good.
1: So I was quite thrilled. Oh.
0: And then didn't you do The Goat, or was that later? Uh, the
1: Goat, yes, just about that time.
0: That, I, that was released in September
1: 1918. 1918, yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, in 19, at the end of 1918 is when I went with the Morgan Basics. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. And then in 1919, in June, I left them. I came back, in, it was about six months
0: you remember anything else that
1: you were in, or is that about as many that's as that that you did? That's about all. Yeah. Then I came back, and of course, with my little dancing uh, experience, I had a little girl partner, Derely Perdue, mm-hmm. and we did some dancing for Seso uh, Hayakawa in some picture. It was an old picture or something, kind of a nightclub business. That about uh, what, 19, 19? Uh, 19 or 20. It must have
0: been Robertson
1: Cole, wasn't
0: that the company? Yeah. Yes.
1: That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then also we did a very good uh, dance with Alan, for Alan Holubar, the woman God forgot. No, uh, man, woman, and marriage. Oh yeah. Dorothy Phillips yeah. and, uh, and Kirkland, James Kirkwood. Yeah. And uh, it was a very mar- marvelous uh, stage dancing. You know, we came uh, well practically naked. You know, mm-hmm. this girl and I in uh, in a swing over a mirror table. It took about a week, and they paid us $25 a day, and we really? had private uh, dressing rooms, and we had our lunches served to us. Oh, I was feeling grand. So. <laughs> <laughs> and Adam Hollywood told me, he says, Ramon, if I had the money, I would sign you right now. Which was very nice, you know. uh-huh. But uh, it was very funny how I got the job there. Uh, Marion Morgan, I was playing already in, in the prologues at the California Theater. They had just a, about 35 singers, you know, mm-hmm. each week and you know, all that. And they were paying 35 a week, which was very good oh, in those yeah, days. So uh, Marion Morgan called me because she said that Halli- Hollywood wanted a very sensuous young man and all this and that. No. And I look about 18. I was mm. 21 or so, you know. No. So um, after my show, we went to the studios, the Hollywood studios, the one in Hollywood. And he looked at me and he says, no. "I'm sorry, he's not the type." So Marion says, "Well, I think he has ability for pantomime and all this and that, make up." No, no, very sorry. So I went back to the theater. And then the next day she says, that boy is impossible. You come right over and we are going to get a costume and we are going to make you up and then he's going to see you. And then he saw me and he was so me no, This is for man, Woman and Marriage? Man, right? Woman and Marriage, well. Okay. And then we got this thing and then it's when he told me that he, uh, would, uh, he would just sign me up if mm-hmm. he had the money. And uh, his assistant director was Harry Bouquet who uh, later became a director for MGM. He passed away. He was a wonderful man and also very nice to me. B O U C Q E E T Bouquet, Carrie mm-hmm. Bouquet. I think he did, um, he did all this. Um, what was the name of this chap that uh, there was a conscientious objector? I can't remember. Uh, oh, Lou Luer- Ayres. He did all the uh, Dr. Kildare. Uh, Kildare, Kilder- yeah. 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 And he had great, uh, great beauty, I mean, very much of a. Um, Sensitive artist, yeah. Harry Bouquet, very nice. Yes. Uh, well, after that, you see, at Alan Hollywood, then I, uh, every time I, I got a chance to do some dancing, I always make it a point to st- uh, talk to the director and tell him that I wanted to be an actor. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, do you remember yeah.
0: specifically what other films you were
1: uh, in? Yeah, on? I did another thing called the concert, Louis Stone, at, um, at Goldwyn. Oh, yeah. And Victor Schertzinger was directing it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, we did a kind of a wild thing, you know, just all the the Hunts and the Sabines, or whatever it uh-huh. was, you see. And uh, we did all that in the morning, and then they wanted to do, uh, while Lewiston was playing the piano, they had it superimposed over the piano, kind of little ideas, you know, this uh-huh. society women thinking themselves, you know, being made lovers and so that. And one of those girls, I can't remember her name. <coughs> We had to do it at night, and then they put me as a romantic thing. I just got all the funny wigs and everything like yeah. that, and to look rather attractive, a kind of a shepherd boy, making love in mm-hmm. a kind of a, a, a sensitive way. And uh, Scherzinger was also quite impressed, and he says that when he had a chance, he would give me a role. And in the very next picture, it was called Mr. Barnes of New York, with Tom Moore and, uh, yeah, uh, and um, Nomi Childers. Yeah, okay. So he had a, a small bit of a, um, an Italian boy that gets killed in a duel with an yeah. Englishman on the, in south of uh, Italy, and, uh, on, uh, and then the girl swears a vendetta on his body, and the story starts. And the marvellous thing about that is that they finished the picture, and they called me back not for retakes but for added scenes on my part. They were building up. Yeah, right but it was marvellous. Yeah. And I remember when I told that to Rex Ingram, I just, I mean, I couldn't express myself too well, and I said, that they called me and they enlarged my part. He says, oh, they enlarged it. I said, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then I had my name in the reparto, in the, uh, what do you call it,
0: uh, this... Uh, marquis? No, not in the marquis, uh, but in, the,
1: in the, titles, the subtitle, the credit titles. So it was very nice, and Shirt Singer was also very, uh, very encouraging. And the retakes were, I mean, the added scenes were shot by Paul Byrne.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And he did these scenes, I mean, then we had a scene in the bar and all this and that, you know, working to the, to the little um, duo. Right. And then Paul Byrne told me, he says, Ramon, uh, he says, uh, say, Mr. Samanieu you are an actor. I said, not yet, Mr. Byrne. He says, well, he says, the only trouble with, with your acting business is your profile. He says, when you get rid of that face, if you are not too tired, you might become a great actor. He told me that. And then when I remember...
0: Really get rid of your face?
1: Well, you see the profile. They put you as a romantic actor and then just, you know, they are not interested in your acting ability. They are no. interested in your personality. No. And it's very funny because when I finished at MGM I was really so tired, I said, you don't care to act or anything, you just get, you know, you were squeezed out you know, of everything you have, and you just have no more desire. You've been trying to prove to them that you are able to do this and that, and they give you the same old child parts, you see, yeah. the same old business until you said, well, yeah. if I don't get out they're going to kick me out anyway, might as well get out before they kick me out. Yeah. So that was that. Then after that is when I, I did um, Salome at the Hollywood Community Theatre. Mm-hmm. And after that, I did also another pantomime was called um, Royal Fandango. Oh, the Spanish Fandango. The Spanish the Fandango. Fandango, that's right. Fandango. Spanish Fandango, that's right. And uh, Ingram was there the first night. Oh, but before that is when I was uh, hired to do the uh, Lover's Oath, mm-hmm. uh, Ferdinand Pinheiro.
2: Yeah.
1: And we did, uh, I mean, I was just uh, the juvenile and did the Lovers of they were calling it and I think that, um, who's his name?
0: Kathleen uh Keyes?
1: Yeah, Kathleen Keyes was with me. But what there? there was another director that saw the rushes and he said that that was the most promising young man of the year. And that was um, Marshall Neilan, oh. who was at the Hollywood Studios and they were just no. always seeing rushes here and there. Uh-huh. No? No. And then also Mary O'Hara who was the writer of Ingram for no. The Prisoner of Zenda. No who was a very good friend of the cutter. I uh, can't remember his name now. Engels Cutter? Uh, no, the cotter that was doing the Lover's Oath. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't remember. He was very nice. He also thought that I had ability. But, uh, but uh, Fernand Pinero, God rest his soul, he just thought I was terrible. Really? And I, I believed him because I said, I don't know a thing about this, you see. I said, if I don't get a job before this picture is released, I'll never get a chance. He said, I'm terrible, you see. What tor- <laughs> oh, that still?
0: Was so <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, just taking <laughs> gestures, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was very uh, funny. And um, then he came at the, after the opening night at, no. the, Royal Fandango, at the Spanish Fandango. No. And he says that the picture was turning out very well because all these other people were telling him who is that boy and see yeah, that. Yeah. Because they had also another, uh, they were doing um, um, Monte Cristo, Count of Monte Cristo with Jack Gilbert at Fox, thought, yes. and they wanted to see the girl. So they took some long scenes and to say, who is the boy? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they forgot about the girl. So they asked w- me was to. Was
0: the, the girl somebody that we testing in the Panama? In there, who was it? No, that Kathleen Key, oh, the, the Or the uh,
1: of this uh, the lovers' love. Yeah. Yeah. And they took this film. I'm just really twisting it up eh? because I don't know which way to go. And yeah. Uh, and uh, they took it to a Fox, and then they wanted to find out who I was, and they wanted to test me for a small part in the Count of Monte Cristo. That yeah. was fine. So I went there. And they had a, a costume test and photographic and close-ups and everything. It was very nice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I can't remember the director. Harry Beaumont, I think, it was the director.
0: John no, Malacresto?
1: I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll check or it Harry, yeah. Or whoever was the director. Yeah. So he liked it. me very much, but he says that the company wanted a man with a name. And finally they gave the part to um, um, this French chap. Um, Oh, fine. Uh, never mind. Yeah, whoever it is. Anyway, just to show you that everything happens for the best, because if I had been working in that picture, I'd never been discovered by Rex. It's just wonderful how fate works yes. in music. Yes. All right, then I went back and did the Spanish Fandango. Then Rex Ingram saw my performance. And I went one day to the Hollywood uh, Studios to see uh, Fernand Pini mm-hmm. who gave me a letter. I don't know whether I showed it to you. No. No. I don't think so, no. In that letter he introduces me to Rex Ingram, Mm -hmm. and he says that's about the only memento I kept because I sensed that that was the turning point of my career. The letter said, uh, it was the 12th of October, 1921, he said, uh, Dear Mr. Ingram, Columbus discovered America a few hundred years ago today. You might count today uh, as your discovery of Ramon Samaniego, a true artist or something Mm I a great place to introduce me. He just walked away with Rubaiyat, which was uh, unusual because he was, uh, told me that I was roughening it, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I went to see uh, the casting director first with my pictures, and I wouldn't get any farther. So I just went outside of Metro, from the casting office to the, to the, um, uh, to the other, other entrances. Yeah. Eh? And I just said, Mr. S- uh, Ramon Samaniego to see Mr. Ingram see, without any introduction. So I came in, and he let me in. So I came in, I was quite nervous and I showed him you know, the photographs and I told him what I had done, and that I had this part enlarged, you see, at the uh, Goldwing. Mm-hmm. And then he says, well, he says, I am looking for a six foot two blonde to tonic. You are just the opposite of what I uh, want, but I'll give you a test because you are so eager to give me a ch- to show you. So I had a test and I sensed, I tell you my heart was beating so hard you could hear it. Oh, and he said that I was just as sure as of, uh, of anything, and Alice was there too. And to so I did whatever I thought of doing, you know, he just told me the type of character. He gave me the script to read. What well, was it? Uh, Prisoner of Zenda, Rupert of Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, he says, well, he, he just kind of did that with his eyes, you know, to you know Alice. And, uh, so they saw the test and says, my gosh, you look too young. So he wanted me to grow the moustache, <laughs> I said, well, here's where I failed, because I don't think my moustache will grow. I have tried to grow, but I ju- it just finally did grow. You see? And I left the goatee also, and then I had a, a monocle. Yeah. And I was wearing it on the streets, too, to get used to it. No. And people would just, <laughs> <laughs> when I passed by. I didn't care. <laughs> and finally, another test. And my gosh, you know, and then you put a little black you you know, hair, no. my gosh, finally another test. No. And then, I, we just finished the third or fourth test, I think, and he said, you go and see Colonel Ford, the part is yours. Mm-hmm. And then the casting office that had done nothing for me, they wanted me to sign for a few years. You know, I said, nothing doing, I'm signing for just this role and nothing else. You see. So I signed for that, and then I was just finishing this when the Hollywood Community Theatre called me to do the um, Enter Madame with Henrietta Crossman, I play the uh, Italian doctor. Yes. Mm-hmm. I had been already on the stage yeah. too at the Majestic Theatre with uh, Edward Everett Horton and Evelyn mm-hmm. you know, They and did uh, a few uh, I mean, a few uh, shows, and not too big roles, but I was getting along all right. And then I, w- I did the, the part with Henrietta Crossman, it was quite successful, and then Colonel Ford came to me about two or three weeks after I finished at uh, the Prisoner's End, and he said, say, young man, what's the matter with you? You haven't come to the studio for your checks. I said, "Well, what do you mean?" He says, "Well, you are on the salary. That way, they would keep me. You see. Yeah. So I went there and I got my checks. It was seventy-five dollars a week in those days. Hey. And I was just as rich as I could be, <laughs> just swimming <laughs> in money. You know?
0: Plenty there. <laughs> yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> and then uh, something that is rather interesting, and I want to go on record on this. Mm-hmm. In that picture of trifling women, where uh, Monstroheim came on yeah. the set, uh-huh. it's very funny because." Oh, we're not quite that
0: far yet. You're still working on um, Prisoner of Zenda.
1: Yeah, well, I finished Prisoner of Zenda, then they they kept me on salary.
0: Yeah, could you tell us, do you remember anything specific about working on Prisoner of Zenda? And uh, uh, the reason I ask you is because we do have that print at Eastman House. Well,
1: just a lot of fencing, a lot of hard work, very happy. I just
0: how about the scene where you jump over the uh, at the end there, where you jump over into the, uh, the moat? The, drawbridge into
1: the moat. Well, I just jumped as many times as I wanted why me to. What did you
0: fall into?
1: It? I think uh, oh, oh, th- on that uh, jump we, we, uh, I fell on, um, oh, I suppose on mattresses. Mm-hmm. But then after we did the jump in the moat, you know, from the opposite angle. Yeah. We didn't have any doubles there. Well,
0: let me see, what am I looking for? I'm looking for something from
1: uh, Travelling women.
0: I'm pretty interested in, in Trifling Women, too.
1: I don't think there's much from Retina down. About uh-huh. Well, I mean, Trifling Women was, as I told you, a, an original story about Rex Ingram. Mm-hmm. And then, the Prisoner's End, before it was released, I think that Sam Goldwyn saw it. And I had a scene, I think you remember, when I uh, look at Barbara for the first time, and I'm drinking a little liquor in the. what is it, under the ground business? And that. Uh, and um, Black Michael. S- and the cellar there? Yeah, and the cellar. That's right. Oh. And I'm just drinking, and uh, he thought it was the finest thing he had seen, you know, because he just, uh, in, in pantomime, I just looked at her, looked at Black Michael, said, he's not good, you see. Oh. Look at me. I'm the one, see. Oh. And then I said that to you and me, you see. And then I just drink to her. And he is just, on the strength of that, I want to sign a Navarro for two years straight, without option, at $2,500 a week. So the agent came to me and I said, Mr. Ingram is the one that believed in me. He gave me my chance. If anyone is going to cash in on me, it's Rex Ingram. Well, you are a fool and all this and that. And then he went to my father and mother. And this agent that had done nothing because I got my own job. I was paying him 10% for nothing. So uh, he went to my father and mother and he said that I was a fool and all this and that. So I got furious and I said, I'm old enough to take care of my own Business and I said, You had no business going to my father and mother, and that's that. And I just dropped it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then it was this day that Ingram called me apart after we took this picture. And he says, Say, kid, I hear that uh, Sam Goldwyn has made you a very good offer. I said, Yes, sir. He says, Well, if uh, you want to take my advice, I would like you to do it. I said, Mr. Ingram, I said, I'm very sorry, I'm very grateful to you for what you've done for me. And if anyone is He says you have no business being grateful in this business he says get your money when you can and that's that I said well that's the way you feel about it I said he says well I can I can use you he says I'm not doing you any favor and I don't I I mean it isn't because I like you he told me that he says you are capable of doing the work that I want to be done and that's why I'm hiring you Mm -hmm. but I mean he was very fond of me because even to the last days he was really a wonderful man and I think he was quite touched by my gratitude Anyway, I said, well, Mr. Ingram, I said, I'd rather be with you. Uh, He says, I can't afford to pay you that salary anyway. But if you want to, I mean, I can sign you up and then just keep you in my pictures. so that suits me. So I signed with him personally for two years. Mm -hmm. And then we just dropped the whole business of the gold Mm -hmm. thing. And then I went and did, uh, well, after that I did Scaramouche, and then I did the Arab. And where the payment ends, you see three more Mm -hmm. pictures with him. And then after the Arab is when I was, I finished, and I just came to Metro. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, on Traffling women, that still, you have yeah. your hand there. Was that, uh, was that the first day shooting on that?
1: Is that uh, was no, the first day shooting was the, uh, the one with the father. I mean, oh, yeah. This is the one. That was the first day shooting. Yeah.
0: Is that Connolly there? Yeah,
1: Eddie Connolly. Uh-huh. He was my father. And you see, he had a, a suggestion that Eddie Connolly was in love with Barbara Lamar, who was the old man and then Louis Stone, who was a middle-aged man, and then me, who was a young man.
0: Yeah, all three of them That's
1: right. That she had a kind of a while to just get everybody. Mm-hmm. What,
0: what was the uh, situation where that uh, publicity still was taken with Von Stroheim? Did he come visiting? He,
1: co- he came visiting. They were great admirers of each other, uh, yeah. Von Stroheim of Rex and Rex of Von Stroheim. That's very
0: interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. What was Von Stroheim working on at that
1: time? Gee, I can't remember. I think he wasn't working at the time, or oh, that wedding march or something he was preparing. I think.
0: Or green, or
1: maybe. Well,
0: could be, we'll could find, be green. We'll yes, yes.
1: that was in 20. Uh, we were working it? on Woman. 22.
0: Was, woman was released in November
1: of 22. 22. Yes. Uh, so do you remember
0: anything else about Joe Martin besides the story about the
1: well, no, they were just kept on rehearsing because Ingram, at times, you know, he liked to be—he um, was a little bit of a uh, nasty guy at times. You know, when you had scenes where you had to slap each other or something, he would keep on taking him until you get furious. <laughs> really? <coughs> Did he do that
0: for realism? Do you think yeah, that?
1: I suppose for realism or something yeah. like that. And he kept on with Eddie Connolly and the and the, the monkey and Barbara. And they were working that night. I wasn't working, but I was watching. I'm just and uh, people say after, that they had noticed that Joe Brown was getting a little excited mm-hmm. and very jealous. Mm-hmm. So uh, they took the scene and the funny thing is, is they were shooting the scene and everyone had an entirely different version of it. And then when they had developed the film, it wasn't enti- in no time, they said that the, the trainer hadn't jumped immediately because he grabbed, I mean in the, in the deftiest way, you know, he just grabbed Joe Connelly like that and pushed him like this. And, and Barrel, like just pushed her right back, and of course there was no back to the key there, and Barrel just fell right back. And the first thing that Barbara says, where are my earrings, my earrings? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was a, they just couldn't work, but Eric had almost they had a attack. Eric yeah. Connery. Being bitten by a dome. Yeah, well he just right here in the, between the no. hands. I'm going to have a heart attack his thumb or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, he had uh, he had lost one. You see this, uh, the hand. He He didn't have one finger. Oh. Eddie Connelly, yes. Oh. And he always, he had a very clever way of uh, not showing it. Oh. You know, just, uh, it isn't noticeable at all, I No, not strange? Uh, let's see, this
0: was a f- oh, you had worked with Barbara Lamar previously
1: in prison, Yeah, in then the then Prisoner's then, End,
0: sure.
1: And she was very grateful to me because I, uh, I had made so many tests with Antoinette and all the other girls, mm-hmm. that by the time Barbara came he says, now, he says, Ramon, he says, you know what I want. Just do a little rehearsing there, and then we'll just photograph it. Yeah. <coughs> so I staged the <coughs> the scene with Barbara and Barbara says that she ordered to me because I put her at ease and all this and that. Yeah. See, you get a little twisted. There's so much to say, and no, I. I
0: forgot, forgot to ask you about this, Ramon. Was there more
1: of a story? <laughs> well, in here, we uh, my sister and I uh, um, try to get jobs there as. Um, the tango dancers and I had already created a very original tango thing that they just chose because it was just a ballroom thing. I thought it was going to be on the stage and really yeah, have a chance. More to of an exhibition. That's right. Yeah. So they got all the fancy stuff and it was just a plain tango which we could do.
0: Were you alone, and, or were you among other, another group of dancers when you were doing? No, band?
1: we were just as if we were dancing like in a ballroom dancing, yeah. no. but it was tango instead of anything else. No. And uh, we worked there for several days. And then Rose Dion had a beautiful speech of La Marseillaise, beautiful. She was really, oh, she would get so excited. Yeah. I thought it was great acting. Mm-hmm. And then I remember perfectly, because even Ingram didn't know about this. Uh, that still? That still. And yeah. I told him when I met him, I said, that in the Four Horsemen, I played extra, and that there was, there was a still where they took you know, Valentino in one corner and I won the other. Yes. <coughs> so he just went around and, and found it.
0: And then following this, I think that you were, uh, did you say
1: that you were in the uh, a prologue that was written for um, The Conquering Power? That was given yes. That, that was, we were in Miami, yeah. because Alice and I were already doing where the payment ends. Mm-hmm. That was in the... Well, that was
0: 23.
1: Yeah, but it must have been about October of 22. Mm-hmm. And then they were going to do the picture there, to show the picture, and Ingram had a just thought it would be a good idea and Alice says, I don't want to say any lines on this and that's so I wrote a lot of things in pantomime. Uh, she, saw, she thought it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Did
0: she say anything at all on it? Or not? Uh, just a
1: few little yeah. things, you know, but I more or less had to say everything else. Yeah. Yeah. What sort
0: of thing was it? What, what, do you remember very Well, it was a dark
1: room. It was rather mysterious. Yeah. We had light effects and all this and that, and oh. I just come to take her away from the old man and oh. just, just deny a nice little speech, you know, that love will live forever and love uh, wins and everything. Yeah. Like that.
0: Well, you were more or less playing the Valentino That's role, right. weren't you? Yes. 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 So the, the, uh, people, well, at the first, you were considered a, as a kind of another Valentino, weren't you? I mean, before your your own. This was at the point when your own personality was still developing. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, but even then, I mean, I just I think that we were entirely different. Well, I always thought so. Oh too. yes. Yeah. Entirely. They couldn't make it. Inga wanted me to dress up at the La Valentino's, and I didn't get my hair all set, but even then I couldn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It wasn't in me, you know, just... Uh then, let me see, then after Trifling
0: Women, you did uh, Where the Pavement Ends, and you went on location
1: for that. Yeah, you? we went to Miami, and then went to Cuba, mm-hmm. and then went back to New York. Mm-hmm. We spent that, uh, that uh, Christmas there, mm-hmm. and came back. I don't know, he was already preparing for Scaramouche, that's right. He was were there b-
0: very many problems uh, on location with the, where the Oh, had?
1: yes. It was so hot. You, the film would just stick to it, to a uh, thing like that. you know. And the same with our makeups, especially mine, I perspired quite easily. Yes. And I remember so, in some scenes, I mean, there were little beads of perspiration between, I mean, before the scene was over. Oh. And I remember every time we had a subtitle, the property man would come and just, with cheesecloth, he would just drive me up like that. And then we kept on doing the scene, it was terrible. Uh-huh.
0: <coughs> Wasn't there a big scene by a waterfall where
1: you were washed away? Yeah, did, he, did Alice tell you that? Yes. Well, that was very funny because uh, everything was ready for it. Yeah. So uh, Mr. Mr. Ingram says, well, now let's try it with Mike. He was one of the prop men. Yeah. Well, he was, you know, a man. Also, because Alice was, heavy. He was a little heavy. And oh. of course, you know, when the clothes of a woman get wet, yeah. it's much, much yeah. heavier. So we had to go from one stone from here, let's say, to the door to go right in. Mm-hmm. So I took Mike, and Mike, you know, acting dead, you see, so I just took him like that and was fine. But we didn't, weren't conscious of the skirts of Alice. Yeah. And I was pretty strong. So I got Alice, and I just get her like this. The skirts uh, get full of water and both of us <laughs> clunk her wig and everything goes, you know ingram furious i said well what could I do he just couldn't hold her you know <laughs> <laughs> why didn't <he> die, <laughs> yeah but the, the, w- the most horrible thing I nearly lost a leg mm. afterward coming down the ravine i had to come with bare legs and he wouldn't let me use even even tape on on my shoulder my soles, and I had to step on on weeds and things like that honestly you have no idea how much I suffered in that picture. Mm. and then I had to climb down let's say the heart of the thing and trust him with Alice, who was very heavy. Uh, So I just had to come down, and I I mean, I'm not a circus performer, so I just had to glide down, and this thing just went right rough. I really suffered, and and, uh, Johnny side said, my gosh, you look like Christ on the cross. And I said, if you want to do it again, do it before I uh, get a chance to think, because I can't. Well, I tried to do it again, but I couldn't. They put arnica on my leg, and my leg, just got so swollen, and I just put a little cotton and a little. Just I don't know how what I didn't lose a leg because it really look you know gangrene or something. And Ingram made me even take off with the cotton. And mm-hmm. says, "My gosh, you were just getting so temperamental, so ridiculous." I mean, I think that this is about the last picture you'll do with me and all this and that. And I really felt terrible about it because I, I worship the man, you know, and I just see what a great artist he was, and I was so grateful for what he did for me. Yes. But uh, you know, it's very funny. It's uh, human nature. Now I'll tell you this later. On. All right.
0: Then we go on to Scaramotion. That was quite a big picture. Oh, right?
1: yes. yes. Hard work, too. Mm-hmm. I think we had about 17 weeks schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way pictures were made. Yes. Everything prepared in advance. I mean, nothing but the very best, and you kept on doing the scene until you did it right. Mm-hmm.
0: And there's quite a bit of fencing in that. Oh,
1: yes. Oh, yes. Uh,
0: tell me a little about the fencing. Didn't you say you started on that as early as what? Well, right, in
1: 1921, uh, twi- no. in Prisoner of Santa. Mm-hmm. Because even before uh, Ingram signed me up, he told Utenhoff, he says, you work on that, that young man. He says, because I have plans for him. And Utenhoff would tell me when I would get a little tired, he says, now, if I were you, I would keep on with this because Mr. Ingram has great, great plans for you. Yeah. So I was just more or less uh, realizing that he had things in mind. Yes. <coughs> and then it was really remarkable because he started becoming uh, quite interested in me, you yeah. see, to bring me out. And, and, and um, Alice really was remarkable because she was never jealous. I mean, any other woman uh, in, in her place yeah. would have been very jealous and very nasty to me. And I have never in my life seen even a, a, an ugly look from Alice. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you a little thing, I just jumped now to the Arab that we did in Tunis. Yeah. It was very cute. This is a very cute I thing. And uh, um, Rex's uh, room was here, and then the bathroom, and then Alice's room was over there. And we would get to Rex's room after a shooting to, okay, the steels and this and that, because I always like to learn how he um, retouched the steels and, you know, yeah. your, your angles and all this and that. I want to learn everything. So I was always right there. And then he just looked at this still and he said, uh, the, he says, my gosh, he says, Navarro looks great in this one. But what's happened to Alice's eyes? You know, Alice had her eyes closed because it was too, uh, the song was too uh, strong for her. Yeah. He said, well, my gosh, she knows. but Navarro looks great here. Well, I just want to see what I look. I mean, I just thought to me it was exactly the same as many other stills. But to Ingram, you know, you just had to have the foot like this and all this and that. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> he said, well, uh, well can't you do something to open Alice's eye? My gosh, Navarro looks great in this one. See? And Alice was there, you know, combing her hair and no. uh, drinking her little martini. So um, he says, well, it's awfully difficult, Mr. Ingram. He says, well, try, uh, try your best, because honestly, no, Navarro looks great in this one. So on the next day, the same thing. He's right there. They still come back, Alice having her little martini and combing her hair. Hmm. Is that the best you can do? Well, that's the best, Mr. Ingram. So, uh, Herbert Howe, uh, who was a publicity man, you know, looks at him and says, My gosh, it looks like a hole in an Indian blanket. Scanning <laughs> he <did> just that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alice, you know, combing her hair. Rex, can I see the stills? Yes, honey. Yeah. Finishes her cocktail. Say, uh, Rex, yes, honey, do, we, do you ever worry of how I look in the stills? <laughs> He says, "You always look beautiful, dear." Balls <laughs> <laughs> kept on the <this> thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> Let me see. What there was
0: one other thing I wanted to ask you about, Scaramouche. Oh, you were uh, tell us about the uh, the rosette.
1: Oh yeah. Um, well, Ingram was so meticulous and so uh, remarkable, even in the detail, that he wrote to Paris to the. Um, what do you call it, um, museum, or whatever it yeah. was, you know? Yeah. National Museum, yeah. uh, Musée yeah. National, or whatever it is, to see if he could borrow the actual rosette of Danton, and he did. Mm-hmm. And they took only they took, um, just for close-ups, because for the long shots, and that, I mean, he wasn't mm-hmm. going to lose it, no. you know, no. and return it. But what you see in the picture, in that uh, insert, the rosette is the real rosette that Danton used mm-hmm. in, in the, the French Revolution.
0: Now, let me see. It's according to this list here, you must have made a couple of pictures of Fred Niblo right in here, in between That's the Arab right.: and the Arab. Yes. the Thy name is woman and
1: the red lily. Thy name is woman and the red lily, and then I did Ben-Hur after that. But you see, I came, that I did the name is woman before I went to do the Arab, yeah, which was, was the last picture I did for Rex. That uh, was
0: uh, with Barbara and Lamar, Lamar yes. yes. Do you remember much about that or not?
1: No, we just worked Not awfully prepared. hard. It was rather a quickie compared yeah. to what uh, with the other things, because Niblo was working then for Louis B. Mayer and Thalbert. Yeah. They were away from yeah. them. How about
0: the Red Lily? I think that was reviewed. Uh, the, the Red Lily was a pretty was good picture.
1: Very no, good. No. Uh, was, it was an unusually good quickie. It was, uh, I mean, a quickie was five or six weeks. Mm-hmm. We'll see, we all stood, and the others would be eight to ten, mm-hmm. with Enid Bennett. And I think that the story was by Fred Niblo. And it was a charming little story, very dramatic. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wallace Beery played was the hero. W-
0: did she become a prostitute in that? Yes,
1: yes. Mm-hmm. And I become a thief. And then I meet her again, and then I get furious because I see her. That she's yeah. But uh, she's waiting for me at the station, and I miss her. It's a, it's a very interesting little thing. Mm-hmm. We leave her little town because of other things that I stole the money or something. You know? But it's d- very dramatic, and it's uh, poignant. I think she dies in the end, or no? I can't remember. Yes. No, we go back with one as no. driving a cart, and we had a bird or something. And then it was really cute. <laughs> yeah.
0: Then came the Arab, and for this one, you must have gone on. Uh, we on went Mount to
1: Broadway. Tunis. Yes. We went to Tunis, and we did interiors in France, in mm-hmm. Paris. Then after the Arab came oh, well, back... Not, not so quick. No. Oh yeah.
0: What, what more do you remember about working on location? In the Arab? It was, uh, was difficult, yes. Oh, it?
1: Very cold at night, very warm in the daytime, and of course with those very heavy costumes and the wind and the... I mean, um, you know, the, the uh, desert? And also the South Sea Islands are very lovely to look at in pictures. But, but you go there and it's entire, you lose all that romantic feeling. Oh. <coughs> it's, a, it's a trying thing. Mm-hmm.
0: How about this headdress?
1: Was that, uh, that was terrific. You had to, to wind it around yourself, you know, mm-hmm. just uh, quite tight in order to stay mm-hmm. put and then of course you will get a headache for the rest of the day and you.
0: What was your shooting schedule at that time? Did you make practice at working early in the morning, late in the afternoon, or Uh, how did
1: Yeah, well, it was uh, just like we had here in Hollywood, to be at 9 o'clock ready on the set. But of course, when you went on locations, you had to be leaving about 7.30 or Mm -hmm. 8 o'clock. It depends Mm -hmm. on how uh, how far away the location was from the hotel. Mm -hmm. And then we would come back at sundown, Mm -hmm. because we didn't have too many lights. We did have some lights, but not as they have now. It doesn't matter what whether it's cloudy or not, sometimes you had to wait because the weather wasn't right or the cloud was passing by or something.
0: And tell a story about uh, uh, striding through the sand to
1: your horse. Oh! Well, I just was trying to go go and uh, jump on the horse, you know, that Ingram told me, uh, and uh, my feet would be sinking on the sand, so I just couldn't make too much of a a show as uh, elegance or... uh, And Ingram was... was, uh, well, was uh, rather disgusted about
0: the
1: whole thing. he talked to you while the was in the Yeah. Oh, yes. He he, seen you therapy? seen the silence? He said, well, he just said, you poor mean, what's the matter with you and all this and that. And I, you try to just walk elegantly over sand and you can't do it. Finally, I, did, I just try my very best, you know, to act as if I just uh, wasn't having uh, any problems whatsoever. And um, I got to the horse and then put my right foot in the left <laughs> stirrup and I couldn't get any farther. So <laughs> and that was that. <coughs>
0: Now let me see. Now <coughs>
1: we come to uh, midshipman. Is that next? Uh, that was released no. Let me tell 25. you. Yeah. <coughs> but then after that, I came back and then did the red lily. Yeah. And then. Oh,
0: I see. Yes, I had that
1: of And then we went to do Ben Hur. You see, the, I remember one Sunday I was just I had just finished the red lily, and one Sunday noon, Thalber calls me up. Um. I wanted to come to see me at the studio right away, mm-hmm. Sunday. So well this is the funniest thing, so I went to the studio. And he says, So you like to play Ben Hur? I said, Well I'm not crazy. They had already tested everyone in Hollywood, yeah. you see. So he said, uh, well, uh, we want to make a test of you and I said, nothing doing. I said you you make a test in a hurry without the right costumes, without the right photography, and I said, I will have a chance said if you want to look at my legs look at them and where the payment ends and the upper part looks better now <laughs> because I have been mean exercising it so you have to take it as it uh, as it is or not you know well he says it's a wonderful role and all this and that and and um, you leave tomorrow from Pasadena without telling anybody anything and when you get to New York mr. Marcos law is going to take you as his guest to vacation in Europe so you can't tell anybody anything about this because they still have George. Uh, yeah. um, Walsh yeah. you know. so I said my gosh you know tomorrow I had to get makeups and I had to arrange things for my family and that well everything was arranged and I left as yes, per schedule mm-hmm. and then we got to Rome and then worked from June 1924 till uh, February 1925 and then we came back to California and worked from February 25 till December 25 in the picture
0: mm.
1: it was terrific it was a year and seven months and I tell you I don't know how we, we stood it. Um, the strain was it strange. was yeah. really terrible. I mean there is there is a limit yeah. things can be a little too long and this was just too long.
0: Can, uh, do you remember Ramon how much of the uh, Italian footage was retained in the picture? <coughs> Which of the sections that were
1: done in Italy? Um, well the, the street, the galley sequence, all the galley sequence. Um, the beginning, uh, the long shots of the, um, at the beginning of the picture, mm-hmm. then the, um, driving through the streets of my, my house, yes. and then the uh, procession of, the, of Arius and all those people, mm-hmm. and um, that's all. I think it's about one-third or less one that was taken. Less than one-third. Yeah. All the galley sequence was taken there, yeah. that's true.
0: Now, was any of the, fu- the original footage with, when I say original, I mean with Walsh and so on, so was any of that retained? Thrown away. There isn't a N- not a single, the there not a single frame, not
1: a single frame. was
0: just completely discarded. That's right. Now, why did they decide
1: to do that? Have you any idea? I haven't gotten any, any idea. Did you
0: ever see any of that? that no, footage? never did.
1: But uh, Niblo told me, he says, if, if anybody wants to start fighting, he says, all I have to do is to show them what they had. It was a mess, I hear. The costumes, photography, sets, everything was just ridiculous. I said, I don't know. What okay.
0: happened? I, I don't,
1: I don't know. Because we were doing the Arab in Tunis when they already they were starting ben Hur in, yeah. in, in, in Rome.
0: What was June Mathis's part in, in, all of, in some of these pictures? Was she, was she an important factor in some of these pictures? My, no.
1: She had already left because after the Four Horsemen, I think June Mathis fought with Ingram or they, they got a disagreement. No. And then I think that he, Valentino, followed June Mathis to uh, Paramount because they were very good friends.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: But I don't know a thing about it, no. you see, because when I came in, it was already, the break had already mm-hmm. happened. But she
0: was one of the other company that started uh, yes. there, wasn't
1: she? Yes, yeah. And then she took George Walsh as her choice. No. He was, uh, he, uh, physically, he was a very attractive man, but uh, facially and, of course, acting he was yeah. not, uh, not good, never was much good. Mm-hmm.
0: Then, uh, I think it,
1: you're in Rochester, you were telling about uh, the sequence of old, oh, or was it where you were thrown under the sand so many times? you want to put that down? Oh, yes. That was um, when I was on my way to the galleys. Yeah. Um, there is a, we arrived to a minaret or whatever it is, you know, where they had a well.
2: Yeah.
1: And then uh, they, everybody just rushes to drink water, and I just rush to it, but then this man picks me by the hair and throws me back Mm -hmm. and he did that 36 times because that sequence was being taken in black and white and in technicolor and they didn't know which was going to be used because they thought the color was going to rub from the drama and all this and that and they wanted three perfect takes for each one of them instead of two as we had in all the other pictures because they said it was going to be a great picture and it was going to just last uh, you know for, for posterity and all this and that so they kept on shooting and i tell you my hair was just falling out like this you see and this assistant director, Al Rebock, who was directing that sequence. Well, let's do it again. I said, nothing doing. I said, out of those 36 scenes, you're going to take your three best and just be happy with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About yeah. how much of the picture did
0: uh, Niblo actually direct? Did
1: he direct almost all of it. Well, yes, or he did. Uh, the, the, he um, del- the main. some of it, Yes. Right? Yeah, uh, uh, Christy Cabernet did some of the um, religious type of things, the crucifixion and yeah. a lot of things like that. And then Anne Reboff did uh, one or two of the important sequences, And then uh, the Breezy race? Eason did all the chariot he races. Yes. the whole yes. entire sequence. Yes.
0: That was all done in California, wasn't it? Yes. yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, do you remember how long you worked on
1: that? The chariot race was a good uh, four to six weeks. Four to six weeks. Okay. Yeah, because you see, we, had to, we couldn't start before 10 o'clock, you see, so the, the set of the circus wouldn't throw the shadows on yeah. the mm-hmm. arena. And then about three o'clock, we would quit 3.30, mm-hmm. which was wonderful. To me, was, uh, that was one of the most pleasant uh, times of the picture.
0: That such short working hours. That's
1: right, short working day. hours. And you see, you had to be so uh, um, so uh, careful about the society of cruelty to animals.
0: Oh, I, I think every half
1: an hour, you had to have a rest. Of course, they would put us in the chariot and get close-ups oh, and things like that. Thing, yeah. You know, but uh, it was very nice.
0: Was, uh, were any horses killed? And yes.
1: Were, yeah.
0: uh, and how about how approximately how many cameras did they
1: have on that? in the spill because you see naturally the uh, society of cruelty to animals wouldn't permit any kind of accident mm-hmm. so they just acted as it was going to be uh, you know an accident yeah. and, you know but not the stage one You see, so not knowing when it was going to be you see that that very first day they had um, about 52 cameras and they were dressed uh, in costumes, and they put turbans on the yeah. cam- and the cameraman behind, you see. Yeah. So they had it all over the the circus, and they gave a certain amount of money to the cowboys. They said to just have a spill somewhere that they could be done, you see. Yeah. So they did it. They more or less told them when it would be. Yeah.
0: Did they have the cameras dressed up? The yeah. yeah, yeah. So that from a distance, that was That's that right, was yes, there. yes. Is it true that uh, in the crowd they had one person uh, seated by a dummy and then another person by a dummy? Did they have any dummies in the crowd? Uh,
1: no, the dummies were the in the miniature. Oh, I see. Yeah, but in, when you see the crowd, it's just nothing but the crowd.
0: Mm-hmm. See, what else did I want to ask you about that here? Uh, tell about something about working on the uh, the galley sequences. Seeing the where they uh, own some of the fighting sequences there with.
1: Yeah, the burning of the galleys, you see a lot of Italians said that they could swim when they couldn't swim Oh really? And then the galleys just burned a little bit too fast for worse And they start jumping and in the water and they really were just afraid they were going to lose a lot of them
2: mm-hmm.
1: But fortunately they had a kind of a gasoline mm-hmm. boat or something like that and they just went and grabbed them mm-hmm. but many of them walked from Rome to Livorno to get a job just terrific you know just the work of several days
0: did any of them drown
1: there did no they didn't but they were afraid yeah. one of the producers i can't even remember the name
0: this was
1: a few years ago yeah a few years ago yeah and uh, he said well why not you like would you like to come and see some of your pictures maybe once a week you know we can run them at night
2: mm-hmm.
1: so i said well all right so i went and they had a list of all the films that i had made and he said, Ben-Hur, to be shown to no one under any circumstances. Why
0: was
1: that? I don't know. And This, is a good, this was during the war. Must have been about 43, 44.
0: To be shown to no one under,
1: any, no one under any circumstances. Because they were planning to, to remake it, you know. No. They've been doing that for the past 10 years. No. And they try people to just forget all about it and not to have any comparisons. No.
0: Comparisons are sometimes very
1: damaging. Yes. <laughs> Well, I don't know why they are going to come out uh, in this thing. I hope, I told Sam Zimbalist, I said, there is no reason why you shouldn't make a better picture the second time than you did the first. No. If you really want to. I mean, they have great, uh, I mean, at the same time that they have great, uh, advanced tremendously technically, no. I think that they would lose something that we had in the silent, which was the suggestion of the presence of divinity. Which you can have it now because you are going to hear or see something, and in the others you really suggested it in a very fine way, and I thought it was a very powerful. And to me, that was the reason why Ben Hur was a great picture because, I mean, if you are going, you can have a uh, um, what do you call it, a spectacle, but not a great picture, Mm -hmm. because Ben Hur without the spiritual message would be just another spectacle.
0: That's a wonderful sequence in Ben-Hur where you break through the crowd and then you stop and you suddenly reach the o- the open passageway there and the, and the shadow of the cross passes over you. Yes. Very wonderful sequence. Uh, I don't quite fit
1: in the midshipman and a certain young man here. Where did they come? in? The, the midshipman
0: way? came in between scenes of Ben-Hur. Oh, I see. You worked on it. Did yes. It was in
1: June. We went to... Uh, to um, what is it? Uh, Annapolis, it? Annapolis. No. We went to Annapolis and, mm-hmm. and uh, had the uh, graduating uh, exercises. Those were shot exactly as they were, mm-hmm. you know, in the picture. Because they were building the theater for us to do the chariot race. Oh, I
0: see. So
1: that was oh. in June, and we did the picture in about six or eight uh, seven weeks, mm-hmm. and Joan Crawford played extra in that picture. Joan Crawford? Crawford. Extra? Yeah. I didn't know that. She had a, she had a little uh, scene in a, in a seat there in the Lover's Lane or something.
0: I'll have to look at the stills
1: and see if I can find her. Did you know her at all in those? Uh, yeah, I just met her there, then.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, William Boyd was in that too. Yes, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Then, uh, then apparently, uh, I see that A Lover's Oath is also listed for 1925. Had that been? Uh, let me tell you. Lover's Oath, I did, you see. And, and then, uh, then Ingram oh. discovered me and listened that. And then they had trouble in uh, litigation. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it was done with private capital. And they just, by the time they just, um, you know, the, what do you call it, you know, solve the thing, the problems or whatever it was, uh, then I had become a star. Yeah. And then they decided, instead of having me, the juvenile, to make me the star. And they wanted me to uh, to do some added scenes and all this and that. I can remember the cotter, uh, the cotter the that remembered that, that picture that I wanted to tell you, I can remember. It was just coming to me and then I just left again. Anyway, um, then they wanted me, I was already on their contract with Metro, mm-hmm. and they wanted me to go out at night and borrow some costumes and then just have a few close-ups here and this and that, and the scenes were going to be directed by Milton Seals, mm-hmm. who was a very good friend of uh, fernando Pinero and a very intelligent man, a wonderful college man. So I said, I can't do it, because I said, I have time with Metro, and, and that's my obligation, and I can't be just doing things, you know, behind their back. Oh, but they'll never know, I said, it doesn't matter. Even if they never know, I'll know, and that's not right. So I didn't do it. So they got somebody else, and they shot, and they have all the scenes that I had, and they turned them, you know, the other way with Kathleen King, I was just going through the gardens doing nothing, you know, but just walking back and forth. So they just really, uh, more than, they enlarged my parts. <laughs> <laughs> Another enlargement in this. <laughs> <laughs> Those things always
0: look so ridiculous when they just stick in. Extra that's right.
1: They t- did all they could. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Then, uh, then a certain young man. Where would that come in? Ah, my gosh. Well, yeah. Please do. <laughs> no, that's all right. You see, Ben Hur in twenty-five at the end of twenty-five. Then in twenty-six, I did. Uh, no, I did um, Student Prince with Lubitsch. And then after the student prince, I did a certain young man and across to Singapore. No, across to Singapore was in 27 or 8.
0: This is the list the way I showed you. This is the way they were released. Yeah. Um, Let's see. In
1: 1927.
0: In April, Lovers, in September, the road to
1: romance, in October... Say, I'll tell you something about Lovers. All right. All right. Well, Lovers... Um, uh, uh, Thorberg called Alice Terry. She was here visiting her uh, mother. I says, Alice, uh, what about uh, doing another picture with Navarro? I mean, you like him and all this and that, and we have a lovely story, you know, Lovers. This was a great galuto of uh, Chigaray, which is a great story. Oh, well, she says, yeah, I visited models and that, and he says, well... Well, how much do you want, Alice? He says, well, I want 25000 for the picture. Why, Alice, you are not worth that much. He says, I know it, but I want it. <laughs> oh, now, Alice, no, i tell you what I do. Just, I'll give you 3000 a week. He says, all right, 3000 a week, and uh, a car and a chauffeur, my apartment, my maid. And when do we start? So uh, Thorber thought he was just pulling uh, one very nicely. And he says, well, October, so and so. They signed the date, the congress, everything like that. John Stoll was directing the picture, Mm -hmm. finds fault with a script, rewrites the whole business. At the end of the picture, Alice has made (laughs) (laughs) $48,000. So she went to Thalbain and says, Irving, you are the best agent. She says, from now on, you're going to just work for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now let's go back and pick up a certain young man.
1: A certain young man was done with uh, uh, Carmel Myers, Renee Adore, Sally, um, Sally what? Sally who? O'Neill? O'Neill. O'Neill. Sally O'Neill. O'Neill. And Marceline Day. No. Well, it, it ended up with Marceline Day, because no. it was a kind of a, uh, I think it was a picture they bought for, uh, for Jack Gilbert. And of course, fortunately, I wasn't the type of the ladies man business. And they tried to make me that, you see, I was very well dressed and very suggestive things. And I thought they were not good. And I said, well, I would tell the director, so, well, that's not very nice. Oh, well, but that's just a little touch here. No. To make a long story short, they finished the picture, they showed it at the studio and the, the reaction was bad because they didn't expect me to be doing things of that sort. Yeah. See.
0: And of course this was the time of Ben-Hur and Anthony
1: be That's right. Well, whichever it was, you know, people, are, I have been established already as a clean yeah. type of romantic hero and this other type just didn't go with me. And I didn't like it either, you see, I just, I wasn't uh, there. So they were just a little worried, and then they started cutting things out and cutting this, and to make a long story shot, they reshot a good two-thirds of it, mm-hmm. just like Ben-Hur, I suppose, you know? No. And then we came out with Marceline Day, and it was a sweet, clean picture, but it was nothing. It was really a mess. Mm-hmm. But at, at least it was a clean mess, you know? Yep. Was, yeah.
0: And how about The Road to Romance?
1: You're the Road to Romance, romance with that. Marceline Day, well, well, that was cute. We did uh, R- John Robertson directed, yes. mm-hmm. and uh, Roy Darcy was the heavy. Well, it just inconsequential. No. It was cleanly Now clean. you
0: must have spent quite a bit of time on the student prints too, didn't mm-hmm. you?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was done beautifully.
0: Tell us something about working
1: with uh, Lubitsch. Grand, perfect. Really? He taught me a lot. He did. Then you know the great. I mean, the great directors. I mean, that really, I learned things from Rex Ingram first, mm-hmm. then Lubitsch,
2: yeah.
1: then Murnau, for whom I never worked for, but I knew him intimately, and he was a great man. Fred Murnau.
0: I didn't
1: know that. I never worked what, for him. No,
0: well, put something down about the tape. Uh, tell us how about that right now. Uh, Murnau? Yeah. Oh,
1: yes, he, he was the that. greatest. He knew his camera better than anybody else. <coughs> he, he was and, and he wanted me to. He w- he did Sunrise yeah. you without a subtitle. You've seen the picture, haven't yes, you?
0: Yes, we have
1: it. Just well, yes. see it. Yeah. It was wonderful. And he told me, for instance, you know, something that I'll never forget. He says, Ramon, when you have a dramatic sequence and the drama gets to a certain pitch then the actor must stop acting because the audience is already right there you don't have to do anything to bring them because they are there with you and he said for instance in the last laugh he says the trouble with actresses that they always love to act they don't know when to stop acting you see and he had jannings so he said uh, Janice, you know, when he loses his job and comes back to the apartment, and then the daughter and the husband and all this and that just have no use for him because he loses his uniform and he loses his value. Yeah. You see, he's just an old mm-hmm. has-been. You see. So he wanted him to come to the apartment and then just slouch on a chair. And he just cried his eyes out. He says, No, Janice, he says, that's terrible. He says, You mustn't do anything. You are too tired even to cry. I just wanted to be despondent and to be just like that. No, you're wrong, all right, let's do it both ways. You do it your way and you do it my way, Fine. So he did it. They went to the projection room and they saw the scenes and Janice got up and kissed Murnau in front of everybody. Mm. Murnau had a, a knack. Well, he is the one that really made Janet Gaynor because when you saw the seven heavens, she had already done sunrise for Murnau and Murnau taught her everything she knows. And not only that, I taught her advisory in her contracts and all this and that, because I remember once I went to visit Murnau, and he was talking with Janet Gaynor, and they stayed for about an hour or so discussing nothing but this, this little girl is a clever businesswoman. With all her little sweet things like that, she's about as tough as nails in business, and I'm very glad. Mm-hmm.
0: You have to be out mm-hmm. in self-protection.
1: But women can do much more than we can. You see, you can't act tired. You can't faint. You can't do a lot of things that a woman can very easily do and gets away with. No. And crying business and all this and that. And I can't do it and just get, you know, all fussed up. We can't do that. Tell <coughs> more
0: about Murnau. How did you happen to first meet
1: him? Uh, Murnau was an admirer of mine. And uh, I met him, when I came back from Europe in 28. And from 28 until he passed away, he came back uh, after... Um, uh, Taboo. Yeah. We have
0: Taboo at the house. And he
1: had, I had dinner with him in Santa Monica the last Sunday of his life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he said, I'm going to San Francisco, then I go to New York you know, for the opening of Taboo. But I w- he was going to see Charlie Norris to do the dramatization of Taboo. And on his way to Santa Barbara. And it's very funny because I was in my house and I had had his uh, secretary. When he went to do Taboo, he says, Ramon, if you want the best secretary in the world, uh, my Frank is, is the one for you. And I was going to Europe. So I said, uh, he says, Frank thinks he's going to South Sea Islands with me, but I can't take him because I'm going in my boat and it's just uh, no accommodations for him. (coughs) So I asked Frank, you know, he was living in Long Beach then. And I said, Mr. Murnau told me that I could uh, approach you and offer you a a job if you want to, because Mr. Monao doesn't think you are going to go to South Sea Islands. So he went to Europe with me. And he is still a very good friend of mine. He's still in New York. And he is really the finest. Person that has ever worked for me, Frank Hansen is his name. I'd I'd like to make
0: a change with him sometime about Murnau. Do you have his address?
1: Oh my gosh, yes. Yes. That'd be
0: wonderful.
1: He he can do because he was with Murnau for uh, oh, two or three years. I remember when I saw him, and Murnau being a German, you know, he says, Ramon, you just, uncanny how Frank can do He guesses your thoughts. I mean, he knows, for instance, the things you are interested in. And, and then at night, you know, in my bed, I would have the newspapers, you know, underline the things about Ruth Chariton or Florence Barnes, the flyer, or whoever he had heard me sp- speak or talk of. Oh. Just the whole thing. And he knows. And the same now. In New York, he, ha- he knows everything that is going on and who is what mm. and which. Mm. And if when I said, Frank, I want this, he would go and get it for me. It would cost money, but I would get everything I wanted from Frank.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mm-hmm. never had another person like Frank.
0: Did uh, Murnau watch you at all for Sunrise,
1: you know, or Not for Sunrise, because I, m- I met him after Sunrise, and it's very funny, because I was to say, uh, oh, uh, he says, have you seen anything nice? I would be talking over the phone. I said, well, I saw a wonderful picture. Um, I can't remember the title but he's playing at the Carter Circle, and we say it was Sunrise. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, he liked George O'Brien, but, I mean, he f- felt that he wasn't an actor. So. Mm-hmm. And then I said, I, I'd like to work for you. And then in The Four Devils, he wanted me to do the, the part of the boy. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'd be very glad to give up my trip to Europe and work for Murnau. But Fox didn't want to pay my salary, and, and GM didn't want me to, to, to release me, to mm-hmm. let me yeah. so I couldn't Did do it. Did
0: you ever visit Morneau when he was working? Yes.
1: He was doing um, a pic- uh, scene with Janet Gaynor in... Uh, yeah, in the Four Devils. Four Devils. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. When you say that he taught you a good deal, what do you mean? What specifically?
1: Well, I mean, that thing when he told me about no. Janice. I mean, he's just talking more or less no. about acting mm-hmm. and what to do with that and directing mm-hmm. to and cutting. Was he a very
0: articulate person that he, he was yes. able to speak freely yes. and easily about, yes. about these matters? Yes.
1: Right? He was very timid socially. Oh. But uh, intimately, I mean, with two or, two or three friends. I mean, George O'Brien and Larry Kent and other people that would be there. And other, we had lots of fun, but he was very, uh, very quiet. Mm-hmm. Very quiet. Mm -hmm. And I would get, for instance, advice, you know, I remember I I said, uh, I had George um, Hurel, who I I think I got a job for at MGM. Mm -hmm. He took pictures of me in the costumes when I used to do my little concerts in my little private theater. Oh,
0: yes.
1: And he took stunning pictures.
0: Oh, he was a very famous... That's the
1: one. Well, I'll tell you the story because I, I discovered him. And he was a friend of Florence Barnes, had a house in Laguna whom I met when I was doing The Road to Romance. Mm-hmm. So uh, we started going and running around and she knew a lot of flyers and I used to have lots of uh, very good times with her and all her friends in uh, South Pasadena, she had a house.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, then I said I want George to take photographs of me because that way I can decide what to pr- publish and what not to publish because sometimes at MGM even when you say I don't want this picture to be published you would see it published. Yeah. Did so I went to protect myself. Were
0: you given, or, uh, ideally, were you supposed to be given the right to pass on the
1: stills? Yes, supposedly, yeah. but at times, you know, they would forget all this and that. And Ingram used to say, the best thing is to tear the negative if you yeah. don't want to be used. Yeah. So I had this set of pictures, and every night I would take just one costume, and we had really stunning photographs. I spent about $1,000 in, in the stills. Mm-hmm. So I went to Murnau for criticisms, and I had about, let's say, about 50 of the Really, first class, you know, so he looked at them, fine, 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 fine. and chose about five of the 50. I said, oh, Fred, I said, I'm spending $1,000 on this. He says, Ramon, those are very fine stories, photographic stories, but they are not you. He says, whether you like to or not, right now, your value is yourself, not your ability. He says, later on, as an actor, you can, it's a good thing that you are an actor. But he says, your value at present at the box office is you. If you are going to act a Mexican drunk and all that, and nobody knows it's you, then it's it's not worth anything. Mm -hmm. And it was a shock, but it was true. Mm -hmm. He says, later on you can start acting if you want to, and all this and that. But not now. He says, right now, your acting is is, uh, coming in handy. It isn't that you should just discard it. But he says, your value is not your acting ability, but just being you the way you are.
0: Did Morneau ever say anything about uh, his experiences in Hollywood? Did he feel, were they satisfying to him or not? Or, or no, he, he, he was not very happy. He
1: was not very happy. Well, he, uh, he, um, when he did uh, Four Devils,
2: yeah.
1: uh, that was at the time they were just having the last reel. Mm-hmm. They wanted in the first place to make be happy. He showed it to me privately at the studio, mm-hmm. and it was really a Wagnerian tragedy. It was beautiful. Yeah. Then they just, they used the last uh, reel and they didn't um, sound. <laughs> but he quit, you know, he just stole his country and just went to the South Sea Islands. Yeah. Was he pleased
0: with the way Sunrise came out or not? Or didn't he ever say it to
1: you? Um, Well, he was very meticulous. He was pleased from a technical point of view, but from an artistic point of view, he wasn't, because, he's. Um, you know, when he wanted me for the Four Devils, they said, we are hiring you to develop our talent and not to bring people that already are there.
2: Yeah.
1: We can't afford to pay those salaries. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, uh, I mean, he was—he uh, would was th- stick to the German things, you know, he was a good friend of the Feders, you know, Jacques Feder and Madame Feder and uh, Lubitsch, although the Lubitsch and a certain group of those people were a little jealous of Murnau because Murnau was not uh, Jewish. And um, he had a high uh, grades in Heidelberg and all that. He was a very well-educated man, he was a professor. Mm-hmm. So he knew really much more than the, the others yeah. did. But he was a very good friend of Jannings, of course Jannings, would swear by him, and Leah de Putti and uh, Frank would tell you more about his private life, mm. because I mean I would go and visit him maybe just once or twice uh, a month, yes. you know. But he was a very good friend of the, of the uh, Fédère, Jacques Fédère and Madame Fédère, mm. and Madame Firtel. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I saw her in Paris the last time. She was all gray hair and all this and that. and I was just coming out of this restaurant and I said, well, listen to that, madame, here to the yes. So I went and she was very sweet. <coughs> Let's
0: hear about uh, Lubitsch now. I Lubitsch, it, yeah. oh, very
1: cute, yeah. very yeah. cute. Yeah. He was very amusing and uh, he, uh, he had a very uncanny way of not telling you what to do but just showing you. Mm-hmm. He acted Cathy, he acted the professor, he acted Kyle Heinrich, he acted everybody. Mm-hmm. And it was disturbing for... An actor, but for a beginner, I think it would have been just marvelous mm-hmm. because he just gave you every detail. Mm-hmm. Did
0: you find it difficult to follow? It? No. Let me tell you why
1: I found I found myself very lucky because he said I have to be Teutonic, and I wasn't Teutonic. So I mean, a kind of a little a smile at that, like Louis, you know, he's kind of a round business here and that. I just I always watch for everything of that because I said that helps me tremendously. <coughs> and he was very happy with uh, with me. I mean, we were very great friends. I would just kid along. In those days I was always kidding, mm-hmm. doing things you know without spoiling a scene, you know. I mean, I would tell the photographer, don't shoot, I mean, just just make the sound. And then we were doing a very dramatic scene and then I would say something silly <laughs> and then we would just, oh! And then I remember um, he had a scene where I come into the room and then uh, uh, Kathy starts showing me the room and all this and that. You know? And I just told him, I said, now Mr. Lewis, wouldn't it be nice if so and so and so, and, so and then when she sits on the couch, it collapses. <laughs> Oh, no, Varro, he says. it takes so hard to think and then it's all nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: <coughs> uh, he must have worked quite a while on Suit and Prince, didn't you? Yes.
1: Yeah, we was worked. Uh, worked, we worked yeah, from uh, April till July or something like that, yeah.
0: Was this the first time that you'd worked with Norma Scherer, too?
1: Yes, the first and only time, and I loved her very much. She was very sweet. Very sweet. Good.
0: Then we come to uh, across to Singapore.
1: And yes, with John Crawford. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it, uh,
1: what was she like as an
0: actress in those days? Was very nice. Learning?
1: Yes, she was still oh, very much in earnest. Yeah. And then I think after that she fell in love with Douglas Jr. and then you could see that love really changes a person. Mm-hmm. It was really, I have never seen anybody in love, as much in love as, as the two of them were. At least, I mean, I think her she's very very uh, and she had a very endearing sincere buoyant personality she mm-hmm. was tremendous And she learned how to sew and how to knit and how to cook and how to everything you know to try to get in with a with a big fair. Mm-hmm. and it was to me it was very sad of course that's life I don't know then let me see uh, Forbidden
0: Hours?
1: Forbidden Hours with Rene Dore, that was rather I mean, nothing remarkable. Flying but nothing. Fleet. flying fleet. That was the last thing we did in uh, San Diego.
0: And then the pagan.
1: And then the pagan. Yes, we went to the South Sea Islands and uh, pagan love song. Then after the pagan, devil may care. Devil may care. My first talking. Well, you, you were
0: you were heard singing
1: in the pagan. Yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. But it ju- just the song. That's all we had in the pagan. In Madrid. Madrid. yes, and then um, Call of the Flesh. And then I did a Call of the Flesh in Spanish and English, directing it. Yeah. Then um, Son of India, wasn't it?
0: Daybreak.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. Daybreak, yes. Um, Jack Federer. Oh, you worked with, uh, uh, twice or ten
0: years? Mm-hmm. How was Eli?
1: Oh, marvelous. Eli. That's another great man. Yes. You see, I said Ingram, Lubitsch, uh, Murnau, and Federer. Mm-hmm. For
0: the how were, did, um, <laughs> What would, <he> make <coughs> Federe, would
1: you make about Federer? Federer was very subtle in his direction. For instance, he would tell you about a love scene and he said, uh, You know how the. Um, I mean, he would just come in just at the very last minute and he says, uh, You've been to uh, to Switzerland? and said, Yes. He says, Well, just think of the Alps melting with the sun. I mean, there's no melting with the sun. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, just think of that and then leave you. And uh, I mean, he really had a. He was a remarkable man. He was not very um, um, articulate, mm-hmm. but what he said, he would just do something really well. Mar-
0: did he have a hard time making himself understood or not? Or in English, yes, to, yes. Did, did you work with an interpreter?
1: No, I, I spoke French a little bit, you know, just. To uh, and you worked. Let's
0: see, you're in Daybreak with him, and also Son of India. That doesn't yes. seem like much of a. I wouldn't I never think of song, A Son of
1: India as a federal picture somehow. It isn't this type of subject, really, was it? Or did you think so? Uh, yes. Well, he, he, um, I, I enjoy uh, working with him in that uh, picture very much, and uh, Madge Evans, whom I love very much. Madge and, and Myrna of the new ones. You know, of course, Alice is my preferred business. You know, Alice is a great friend, and as I told you, just with the idea that she was never jealous of me, just puts her in a pedestal. Uh, yeah. And as I tell you, she is the wittiest. She is better than anybody I have ever met on the screen, and she never had a, a comedy scene in her whole career.
0: not that amazing? She was always cast as a romantic. Yes.
1: Character. Then we come to Mata Hari. Oh, that's a wonderful woman. I really have great uh, respect, admiration. And love for uh, for Garbo. Very serious minded. We were very much alike. We got <coughs> along very nicely. <clears throat> In fact, a lot of people said that, that she got along with me quicker than anybody because they said at first she was rather of uh, I mean, uh, for, of course, with me, I, I wasn't afraid. I mean, I. Uh, well, I mean, n- n- nor timid or anything. We just got along were, with her. Were
0: you and... awed by her reputation before you
1: met? No. No, it was very funny. I used to re- read those funny little um, uh, booklets, you know, I said, you, can, you might be better than the man you are talking to or something. Yeah. See? And I always put it in a doubt. I said, I might and I might not. But I mean, I don't think that I'm better than anybody, but I don't think I'm less. Yeah. So I just more or less kind of in a level. You oh, know? you mean those little
0: self-help booklets about chain Yeah, kind that's of the right, yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Tell, uh, tell me about the first time you met her. Was it right on the set or had you met her... Uh, I met her previously
1: when she was doing the mm, torrent with mm. Antonio Moreno. Like, oh, surely. Yeah. And, and uh, what's her name? Her uh, director was a good friend of mine too and a good friend of, uh, of Murnau. Uh, oh, Stiller. Stiller. Still um, and I would go on the set and yeah. watch them. You see, be, that was before she was a little difficult. Then afterwards she had that, you know, she was difficult or she, was, she didn't want people to co- see her because she was, she's a really very timid person. You mm. can't figure it out not only on the set, but, I mean, I remember when we finished Mata Hari, she went to New York. And then she went for tea at my apartment, and she wanted to hear me sing. So I said, well, I had to get my accompanist. And um, she wanted to meet Natasha Rambova, and I called Natasha, whom, who was a very, very wonderful friend, too. So Natasha came, and we, I, there was an old man that said, but Ramon, I know that she doesn't want to meet anybody, but I just want to be at your apartment, and as soon as she comes in, I just want to say, well, I'm so pleased to meet you, and I leave. Well, she came to the apartment and saw the people that I had told her about it, and then this old man. She looked and she ran like a frightened bird. And I ran after her and got her in the, in the elevator. I said, Greta, I said, you know me by now. I said, this man just wants to say how do you do to you and leave. And of course, he felt that uh, that he was the reason for it. Yes. So he was so timid and he was a charming man. George um, Bar Baker, maybe you've heard of him. They were very wealthy people in. Uh, Park Avenue. They had an apartment. They always had cocktails on Sunday afternoons, and they had a very fine crowd. And she, uh, she would just say that, decide you know who was going to have dinner with them, and then just kick everybody out. She says, "Well, now we have <laughs> to go for dinner." he was the funniest thing. <coughs> she was very fun, very rich, you know, with the jewels all over here. You know. Oh dear! Now you see, I've lost my way a little bit. Now. Where am I? Oh yes, you're telling about Garbo. And then, uh, do you remember the first day you
0: came on the set?
1: Well, Willy, the funny thing is, is they said, well now let's uh, we have to make a test, and of course I heard that she was so tall that I had boots and I had to put mm-hmm. you know, uh, yep, lifts on the boots. Thing, and okay. So I made up and uh, that and just went on the set and then she was late, which is very unusual because she was always, when she said three o'clock, yeah. it was three o'clock. See. So she came in without uh, makeup or anything like that, and she just looked at me and then stood by and she says, it's all right. <laughs> No test, nothing, That's, she wants to say, I said, my gosh, if they've known about it, I mean, I had to make it up and put the costume and everything like that. And She just went to find the height. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then we, she and I staged our love scenes, you know, before Fitzmaurice came in and said that, and she said, well, now in the last one you sat, and in this one I sit, and, you know, and we got along very nicely. There was never any trouble, and I think she was a very inspiring person to work with. She was very sincere and very subtle.
0: See, I think we were talking about Mata Hari.
1: Well, yeah, where well, I met did you,
0: did you visit on her set? Uh, well, day at day?
1: the beginning. At the beginning, as I told you, in the torrent, you about know, where we no. And uh, Tell
0: us all about Stiller. You say that you knew him? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes, he was very nice and uh, quite an admirer of mine, too. Very gracious. Big, heavy man, you know, just yeah. looks strange. But uh, he was also a good friend of Lubitsch. And, you know, at the time we did the um, student prince, Lubitsch would invite us to uh, his place for dinner, and it was very nice. And I remember once I sang for them, too, I had my accompanist come over after dinner, and I sang some German songs, and they thought I had just memorized them for them, you know. I've just That was uh, part of my repertory, you know. Now, let's see. i uh, t- 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 put down the story on tape about... Uh,
0: Having dinner with Garibald in New York or playing and, and going to drop her off at her apartment, do you remember after about a hurry?
1: Well, it was, oh yeah, it was the dinner or the,
0: oh, well, the Harvard. night, yeah,
1: I remember, yeah, I was having dinner that uh, Thanksgiving, it was Thanksgiving, or Christmas or something, it was, I was having my turkey all by myself with Frank, who was then my secretary there, and my accompanist, and all of a sudden I get this wonderful bunch of roses, and with a card, M.H., said, M.H. And then Frank says, Mata Hari. Oh, I, my heart stopped, you know, it was wonderful. Because she told me uh, on the set, you know, she says, if I go to New York, I'll send you flowers. She told me that. So I said, well, this is wonderful. How will I get in touch with her? When the phone rang, and then Miss M.H. So I just went there and said, hello, oh, darling. She said, fine. I said, what are you doing uh, tonight? I said, I'd like to invite you tonight. She says, well, I can't for dinner, but I'm going to see uh, um, Catherine Cornell in the Paris of Wimpole Street, mm-hmm. and um, we can meet after uh, the theater at the Ritz, and then we just go out and have a drink or something. I said, "Well, that's fine." I said, "The only thing is, this Greta, I have a friend of mine that knows New York better than I do, and I don't want to take you to a funny joint or some place that you wouldn't like to go. It wouldn't be proper to go. Would you mind if I bring him along?" She says, "No, that's all right." So uh, hung up. And then a few hours afterwards, she called me again, and she said, uh, I hear that there's so newspaper people have gotten tickets next to me. What shall I do? I said, my dear, he, they can't interview you or bother you while you are watching <laughs> the play. <laughs> no. And if, uh, the, during the intermission, they start doing that, you just walk out and then come back again. So she said, well, that's what I'll do. But she saw the show and liked it very much, and I hear that she went backstage to congratulate Catherine Cornell, and she stood like a little, you know, a little frightened oh, yeah. bird, Miss Garbo, you know. Well, they were so thrilled over there, you see. Then I saw her at the Ritz about 12 o'clock, midnight. And then, um, what's his name? Um, uh, No, this chap that went with me. He is a Southern gentleman. He was a very good friend of Marie Dressler, Walter Ryan. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And uh, Walter and I just went out and went to the... Remember that that, uh, wonderful... uh, They had a merry-go-round or something. They had a barge just going around like that. It was one of those swanky places in New York in those days. It was 32. We went to two or three places. She had never had an absent drip. So we had an absent drip, you see. And then we went to another place. We went to two or three places. And she says, I think it's about time for me to take my hat off. You see, she took it off and she did that. And it was the loveliest hair, you know, like cascades. Each hair separate from the other, you know. Lovely. And she had a wonderful time. Then um, I said goodbye to um, to, uh, Walter Ryan. And I took her in a taxi to the Ritz. So I got off the Ritz, and I said, "Well, here you are." And she looked at me and says, "Well, I said, don't you live here?" She says, "She, si. she just did that to me, my dear. She closed the door and went <laughs> and left me flat the street, you know." <coughs> so
0: this must have been what around the winter of 1932. In That's April? right.
1: Yes. The yeah,
0: meantime, you'd made uh, Huddle and the
1: Sun Daughter, is that right? No, Huddle was done uh, afterward in 33, uh, wasn't it? No. Was it, yeah, it was in 31 then that I did uh, Matt with Garbo, wasn't it? Yes, because it was released in that's
0: January right. of 32.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's right, yeah, uh, uh, that's right. Uh, then in January, uh, I did um, uh, Huddle. Mm-hmm. And then I saw her off uh, the stage and I said, what are you doing? I said, playing football. She says, oh, they'll never learn. She's just <laughs> <laughs> <Garbo's> very much. <laughs> yeah. Then they put you with
0: Helen Hayes.
1: Helen, Helen Hayes in Sundaughter. And I'll not say much about that. You know, just, uh, yeah. I mean, this is uh, just Barbarian. the opposite of, of Carbo. You know, just uh, she's a very fine technician, but uh, from an artistic point of view. Then, let me see,
0: The Barbarian?
1: Barbarian with Myrna Loy, whom I enjoyed uh, knowing mm-hmm. very well. We became great friends from then on. And Captain
0: Fiddle. Did you sing in that? Yeah,
1: with uh, Janet Cat McDonald.
0: Laughing Boy, he must have been an Indian. All right. we won't mention
1: that one. Laughing Boy is the only picture I never saw. Really? Because to me it was a mess. They had this horrible thing. Everything was all wrong. <coughs> well,
0: s- didn't they change their mind about 50 million times? Were oh,
1: sure, things? yes. Lupe Vélez was very good. No. But I thought that the story was very bad. And then we had Indians that couldn't speak English. They had to their their... Uh, lines and you know they had to memorize euphonically and then they just look at you and uh, when you finish your line they would just go and say something without meaning anything mm-hmm. it was really disconcerting to work with people like that
0: Terrible. then the night is young
1: the night is young with evelyn lake whom i also enjoy very much
0: then let's see. and and that's
1: then that for uh, mgm then i quit after the night is young
0: then you were off the screen for a couple of years and came back
1: and yeah, I think that's right. I went to England and I did a personal did you do in England? Did you I did a play that failed. It was called uh, The old King's Horses, but it was called The Royal Exchange. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and it wasn't a success, you know, so we just, I kept it open for another week to keep the chorus girls and all that. Everybody was just, we had been rehearsing for about four months. It was really a terrible thing, and I knew it was going to be a failure. So it wasn't a surprise. I was rather grateful because I got rid of all the contracts. Then from then on, my sister and I did personal appearances all England in England uh, and um, Ireland mm-hmm. for about six months. What did you do? Did you sing? Just sang, yeah. you know, just a few little things that I did, like I did in New York and did Paris. You and enjoy and, it. You know. yeah. uh, at the beginning, yes, and after you get awfully bored. Yeah. The same old business, yeah. you know. Over over and over. That's and over and over. right,
0: yeah. I remember it <coughs> <excuse me. coughs> seeing you build at the Chicago Theater and yes. a personal t- uh, appearance. It must have been. Uh, was it around
1: about that time? Or 34. Or 34. Because I did it with the Cat and the Fiddle. You see, I, I had an appearance in New York mm-hmm. and I made it a point that I was going to have the Cat and the Fiddle because naturally if you boost your own value, it's yeah. pretty good.
2: Sure.
1: So we got that, those two and then I did Washington. But it's terrific because you have four and five shows a day. Yeah. You live in the dressing room and let me tell you one week in New York and then without stopping another week in, in Washington and then another week in yeah. Chicago, that's enough. Yeah. I think if you work one week and then lay off another week, it's pretty good. But when you just have to go at midnight and just get your bags and get your costumes pressed yep. and all this and that, and the next day you get uh, on the, to the town and you have interviews, and you're lucky you get just a cold shower before the show, and then you have to go and rehearse. And sometimes they are just holding the audiences at 12 o'clock before they open the theater. It's terrible. Then, uh, let's see, Desperate Adventure,
0: 38.
1: Yeah.
0: We were
1: strangers. Forty-nine. Well, we were strangers. I like John H- Houston very much. He's a very subtle director and a very remarkable man. That
0: was uh, John Garfield and Jennifer uh, Jones. Yes. Uh, and
1: um, and then Robert Bob Jones. Mitchum. Bob Mitchum with uh, what's called uh, the was Big Steel. The Big Steel. Yes, mm-hmm. I enjoy that very much, and I think Bob Mitchum is a great actor. And then
0: the Outriders.
1: 1950 mm-hmm. yeah but well, that was not in 1950 and then i did a uh, uh, crisis okay. with the Carrie grant and jose ferrer mm-hmm. in 1950 also last
0: time. well summing
1: it all up what would you say ramon uh, thank god it's over <laughs> 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 yes sir i'm enjoying life much more now it's wonderful really i'm very grateful because sometimes i say well maybe if i just if you get it right part you know once in a while to just break the monotony yeah. everything but then, uh, you really want to do things right, and people are not interested anymore, you know. Just they are lucky, I mean, if you just uh, speak your lines. And I like to rehearse as we with Rex this way, that way, that way, until finally you get it the right way. Mm-hmm. Now you rehearse it only once, any old way, let's shoot it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that is not satisfying. So I feel that maybe the thing is over and let it go on that. Um, I would like to see if I could find the right play that would be wonderful because then you really rehearse four, six weeks and when the curtain rises in new york you have already done just three or four weeks away from new york and you know what you're doing yeah mm-hmm. but in here you don't know what you're doing i, I did television in uh, new york 51 and 2. Mm-hmm. i tell you you can have it i mean the palms of your hand perspire and that you know darn well that you haven't rehearsed enough to really feel at home
0: mm-hmm.
1: you can't you are not giving your best Yeah. it's
0: pretty much of a strange yeah thing.
1: Yeah, and it's not satisfying. I mean, I like to do things well or not at all.
0: And so thank God it's over. Yes. <laughs>
1: yes, I'm very, very grateful.